but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's as a control freak having someone else asking what I want and how much of like not saying how much of it and just scooping a whole bunch of Pollock paneer like more than I would eat in one sitting like onto the plate. I was like, no, I want some other things now. <laughs> did you break it? Did you break it down to the ounce? No, like, no, no, like four just, ounces of this. Though it was hilarious. Uh, the the server when uh, when I said uh, no, I'll just that's fine. I don't need any of that. You know, he she overfilled my plate with like too much of each serving, and I was just like, I'll get it next time. And then she goes and grabs a little bowl and like brings some of that over. You know the the. Uh, cough, the cough, the, veg, the veggie kofta <laughs> brings that over in a little bowl for me. So maybe just so she doesn't have to do it again later. <laughs> but yeah, I got I got my four plates in. The real question is over or under twenty five roti. Um, there good. were no roti there. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, I only had two samosas. Wow, that sounds yeah. pretty good. But I had breakfast this morning at Bobby and Steve's out of the world, so. want to do photo collages of Harrison Heath's ankles. That's fair. <laughs> Loafers and, and pants, high, you know, high tapered pants with, you know, tanned ankles. I, I definitely Can we please use that as a cold open for next week. <laughs> we may, I just made us, I may have, just, I may just start this right now. So, Hey, we're yeah. uh, back to another week of the days, the days I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only Harrison Heath fetishist podcast yeah. Yeah. that we know of. I should be, of. you know, I should yeah, clarify right. that. Um, yeah. Haven't checked in Miami. There may be, there may be one or two done in Miami. Who the hell knows? Exactly. So, um, he was at Atlanta for a time, you know. Um, right. I don't know how popular he was there, but, you know, maybe some posters got put up there. You think very, but, you know, who, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Uh, hey, we're back. It's uh, it's David, Dan, MJ, and and the triumphant return of uh, of one Bill McGuire. Um, how is everybody doing, Bill? You uh, you've had some 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 travails over the course of the last month or so. Yep, I've ridden the hell hearse down into the lake and swam back up. So any uh, worse? Like your last month has been pretty fucking terrible. No, I went from back surgery to my, you know, having to go down and be with my 84-year-old mom who gets angrier by the day and uh, take her to doctor appointments and then uh, and then I fell and dislocated my shoulder uh, after a protest one night and uh, but you know I I'm I'm good. I uh, I'm I'm very optimistic and going forward and 
you know, I have severe depression and anxiety and, you know, I live in the worst case scenario my whole life. And now that we're here, I'm doing great. All, all of you are here with me. So, yeah, you know, prepared. <laughs> it's all good. I'm right <laughs> you celebrated a birthday. Obviously, we found out in the cold open. So happy birthday. Are you 31? No, no. Uh, I behave like I'm, you know, 17. But and uh, in, in actually, um, I, I am, I'm 44. So Nice. Don't look at day over 43. Uh, Dan, you're you finally doing? you're finally working on a beard mj yeah I see I see, that. yeah quarantine's uh, it's well like that beard it gets to the point where it's too scratchy and i have to shave it off or or either completely shave it off or trim it down so it'll it'll never get to david's or or dan's level of, of greatness okay everyone who has known me up until like quarantine is absolutely gobsmacked at the length of dan's beard not being sarcastic because it took it took all of quarantine to get a beard of any any length, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean now that I've got it, I don't see losing it. So you know. yeah, I was you know I my mine goes really quickly, so like I can shave my like I shaved right bef- like right in the beginning of quarantine, and this is like since the beginning of quarantine. Like I literally shaved I, like maybe two weeks after quarantine started. I had a job interview, like a video interview, and so I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna shave shave my head shave my beard and then um so yeah this is my hair probably the longest it's been uh ever um and then my beard is is it's not as i've had a longer beard but never but this is i had to shave my neck a week or so ago because i was getting really getting really agitated with that so anyways yeah I mean, it, it took you guys a few months to show some growth i mean it took minnesota united you know three years to have a, a, a two-game winning streak to start the season so i mean uh Way to get us back on track, MJ. Good job. I, I just think you guys should be heralded for for the growth. The growth. Know, it's a short amount of time. All right. Well, as always, uh, if you're interested in, if you're not, don't support the Dave's I Know. Um, Patreon.com backslash the Dave's I Know for all this amazing, amazing content that we put out uh, every week, and we've been going every fucking week during this uh, during this quarantine. So that deserves something. That deserves a little bit of cash our way. Um, plus, we're gonna hook you up with some beers and. We're working with the um, hot clouds right now to figure out what the Dave's I know beer is. Hopefully, theoretically, sometime in the fall, we'll be able to all get together in a, in a you know socially distanced capacity, and we'll be able to like premiere the uh, the Dave's I know beer. So definitely want to get in on that at the ground level. Um, Patreon.com starts at three bucks a month. You can do all the way up to twelve bucks a month. Uh, help support the Dave's that you know. I had some really awesome ideas for the Patreon stuff for content and things like that pre uh, pre COVID. And then, you know, the world kind of went to hell. So hopefully um, at some point in either 2020 or 2021, we'll get back at it. So I uh, really appreciate everybody's support. So if you haven't yet, patreon.com backslash Dave's I know. Um, and then in the Dave's I know substack.com, if you're interested in a uh, regular or, or I guess not really regular because I've only put out two in like three weeks or four weeks, uh, a, a newsletter that I originally had planned on starting right before George Floyd was murdered by Minneapolis police officers. And then shit kind of hit the fan. So um, hoping to get back on that. We have a lot of content coming up with um, soccer coming back, uh, uh, EPL, MLS, NWSL. We're talking about, all about that. And I'm going to try to do some additional writing and then link to fun stories, things that I think are interesting that you may not catch. Um, so yeah, uh, davesiknow.substack.com if you want to subscribe to that newsletter. So 
All right, let's uh, let's actually talk about some some actual soccer stuff that we have coming up. Um, let's start in the U.S. and let's start with MLS. Um, we have been sort of hinting at a bunch of stuff uh, how MLS is going to run their tournament, uh, and then they actually dropped the details on Wednesday of last week, and then had the draw for the tournament on Thursday. So this is the Orlando tournament, the MLS is back, uh, or hashtag MLS is back tournament, which is um, Dan and I are probably are like just cringe when we heard that as as marketing <laughs> communications people. It's just like it, it honestly feels like a placeholder topic that they yeah, forgot yeah. to take out when they they put out the press release. Like, oh, oh, that was supposed yeah. to be clever. Oh, yeah, no, didn't copy and didn't uh, didn't uh, control you know control F and and replace that one. Yeah, it's like it uh, is- do you guys ever in, in like in high school or college, you know, put a placeholder title for a paper and it's like, this paper's fucking stupid or something like that and then turn it in. Like, oh no, the professor knows I know this is stupid. <laughs> no, we, we like, didn't have uh, computers when I went to high school. <laughs> I do remember typing papers in college on a typewriter. Like I, I got a computer, like my, I think my sophomore year of, of college is when I got my, my first like desktop computer. So I do remember typing papers on typewriters in college even, so. I got you there. Um, it, it definitely sounds like this was a supposed to be sort of a placeholder for some sponsor, like you know, Continental Tire or you know, yeah, whatever the insurance agent, Geico or um, whatever, uh, Aflac, the Aflac MLS is back. <laughs> um, but it's not. So let's do. I'm gonna, we're talking about the details quickly, um, and then we're going to talk about the draw. We're not going to go into the groups at all today because we have like three more weeks until this fucker kicks off. So like we have plenty of time to, to talk about the groups and, and who we think is going to win, but we're just going to kind of go over the draw and maybe give our, our quick first impressions. Does that make sense guys? Yeah. Cool. Good. All right. So um, it's going to start July 8th um, through August 11th. Teams can start arriving in Orlando at the Swan and Dolphin hotel, uh, June 24th. Um, so they're trying to leave it open so that teams that have, um, that are playing in markets that have restrictions on practicing like a lot of California, New York, things like that can, uh, can come down a little earlier. Um, they have, all the teams have to be there by July 1st, which um, they want to be there at least I think two weeks before their first, their first matches. Uh, 54 matches total, 39 group stage matches and 15 knockout round matches. The group stage matches all count if, for your regular season standings. Um, games are going to be held at 9 a.m. Uh, sorry, 8 a.m. 7 p.m. and 10 and 9:30 p.m. our time, Central Time. Um, that is to avoid the middle of the day, crazy hot, uh, middle of the fucking summer Orlando um, death. Uh, that is Orlando in July. Um, there's a minimum of three matches per club. That's your group stage. Uh, the the finalists will play seven matches, uh, including the knockout stuff. Um, again, as I mentioned, each of the 39 group stage counts for the points will count towards your 2020 regular season standings it sounds like they're not going to scrap the first two weeks of the year so like those first two games will count as part of the regular season standings as well how they're going to um the other thing is that they haven't said anything about after the tournament what that's going to look like so how they're going to rectify some teams playing eastern conference teams you know western eastern conference matchups or whatever who the hell knows uh the mastery roster is going to feature up to 23 players um five subs at three opportunities, not including halftime. So if you've been watching the Bundesliga at all, it's, this is how the Bundesliga has been doing it. You can uh, use a substitute three different times, up to five subs during those during those three opportunities. So a lot of times they're bringing on 
you know, one player and then two players and two players or two, one, one or something like that. So can't use a, a, a fifth sub opportunity to try and kill the game off late in the game. VAR is going to be a part of this, which is mm-hmm. so fun and something we're very excited about. And then a um, couple other sort of notes, the MLS back uh, tournament winner gets the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League spot that goes to the team. It's not to the Open Cup winner, winning team. It goes to the team that is opposite the Supporter Shield winner, like the, the top team of the other conference. So if, you know, LAFC wins the, it has the, wins the Supporter Shield this year, um, it would, you know, normally that would go to the whoever has the best record in the Eastern Conference as a guaranteed uh, CONCACAF Champions League spot. So that is what's being replaced. So whoever wins the Supporter Shield will also get a CONCACAF Champions League spot uh, this year. Um, there's a, a prize money um, of $1.1 million that is not determined how they're going to split it up yet. Um, it's going to go, obviously, to teams as they advance and things like that. The, the union, the uh, MLSPA, is, is discussing right, right now with MLS what that will look like in terms of bonuses. Um, I did list, link to the testing protocols. I think we might want to hold off on that for uh, Dan, for your friend next week, if he's going to be on the podcast. Um, and there's also things that are still to be determined, um, like what to do when someone tests positive. Uh, what happens if someone decides to leave for whatever fucking reason? Um, things like that. Um, there's also some dis- disciplinary, kind of inter- interdisciplinary rules that are much more like the um, like tournament style, World Cup tournament style, with two yellows gets you kicked out of the next game. Uh, yellows carry over from the from the previous matches that you had. So I think if you get a second yellow or first yellow in the tournament, you are, you miss a game. Um, that it, that seemed weird, but that's the way I read it. So maybe I'm completely wrong on that. Anyways, um, so that's the that's the terms. Do you guys have Do you guys have any questions on that or any thoughts on the actual like logistics? Now, uh, other than one point one million dollars, seems like not very much money. I mean, it's not, but compared to like most MLS players, it's probably a significant amount of money. I mean, I mean, is that that's one point one million? to all the teams, you know, for the whole tournament, they're going to spread that out. Yeah. 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 So, so the, the winner, second place, probably third and fourth. I think it's actually includes all the bonuses that teams are going to get when they win games. So like there's, um, yeah. I think I can't remember who someone was in an article, I think on ESPN, I can't remember who said it, but it was like the MLSPA is proposing a $15,000 per team win bonus if you win a game in the group stage probably cover your covid test then divvies out however they want and i think that's how i think that is like a pretty standard win bonus in mls okay thousand dollars and then the team the players and the staff decide how that's divvied out right so i'm guessing like you know your chicharitos probably don't take a ton of that a cut of that win bonus like it goes to like your you know your brent commons and your um chase gaspers and your guys playing on you know significantly less amount of money um but yeah, apparently it's there, and that's part of the CBA was that they really cut down the number of uh, the amount of bonuses for for the this year. I think for next year too. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. All right, let's talk about the draw. Um, Dan, do you want to talk about how this draw was rigged? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, for those of you who didn't watch the draw, you you missed what is. I, I'll give MLS this. They were not exactly dealing with FIFA-sized budgets, so the, the production values were a little lower than usual. But the way this worked was uh, Charlie Davies had all of the uh, team names for the East and then separately the West in, like, 
what essentially amounted to plastic Easter eggs, each of right. them labeled with uh, a number, and then a representative from each of the seeded teams. Uh, so in the West, that was uh, Seattle, RSL, and LAFC. In the East, it was Atlanta, Orlando, for reasons I still don't fully accept. Because they're hosting. Well, right, but they still don't deserve it. Yeah, hosting. Disney World is a city unto itself. Yeah. I mean, it's nominally in Orlando, but let's be That's that's a tradition, though. I mean, it's it's always been a a football tournament tradition. I I, I can accept that. I just, Orlando's not, shouldn't be a seeded team. Uh, And uh, Toronto. So each of those had a representative, and then they they straight up picked the number of the team that yes. they uh, of of the egg. Charlie opened the egg, and uh, it had you know whatever the team name was. Now, yeah. <laughs> the, Wait, so they, the so downside. Like, so the Orlando person would be like, "I want egg number three. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, oh. Oh, so now I I thought this was bullshit. Now I'm now I'm a little more intrigued. And instead of having a numbered grid and randomly, you know, dumping the balls onto the r- numbered grid, they or, have they have them pre-numbered with the names on them. <laughs> you know, yeah. So uh, so right. all it all it took to rig this, and for the record, I'm not yeah. buying this. No, me it, neither. I don't think it was rigged. But if they had wanted to, all they would have had to do was send the representatives the three numbers, or in the case of the one group, the five numbers that they needed to call. Only four, because uh, Orlando and Inter Miami it was it was announced before the thing even happened that Inter Miami was going to be in Orlando's group, and that would be the first game of the tournament. Right, Inter Miami Orlando, because they're both Florida teams. Again, right. doesn't make any fucking sense. But yeah, so, and I, yeah, I think somebody botched an embargo because I think yeah. that was supposed to be embargoed until after the draw. But a Miami Probably. reporter tweeted it out. Probably. Yeah. So I didn't realize that was the case because now I'm a little more on the conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking rig side. Because um, what's 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 actually I'll tell I'll, I'll say the groups and then we can talk just very briefly. Um, we'll go through each group and we can talk if we have any thoughts or whatever. So uh, the group A, the Orlando Miami. Um, NYCFC, Philly, Chicago, and Nashville. Um, so both uh, um, both of the expansion teams in Group A yeah. with Orlando. <laughs> so you know, whatever. <laughs> Not rigged at all. Um, and or- Orlando's always about as good as a new expansion team. That's so that's a group of death in a different way. Yeah, you know? yes. <laughs> different way. Group B is RSL, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado, and us, Minnesota United. Uh, group C is Toronto, New England, Montreal, DC United. Get both the Canadian teams in the East in there. Yeah. Um, group D is Seattle, Dallas, Vancouver, San Jose. Group E, Atlanta, Cincinnati, the Bread Bulls, and Columbus. And Group F, LAFC, LA Galaxy, oh, El Trafico, Houston, and Portland. Um, yeah, so does anybody have any uh, immediate thoughts on the groups? So that's part of the conspiracy, yeah. right, is you've got El Trafico, you have the Hell is Real Derby, you have the Florida Derby, which I'm assuming will get a better name than that, but we'll go for it in the meantime. Yeah. You have the nicest rivalry in sports, the Minnesota and KC. Yep. Um, Red Bulls Atlanta is a big rivalry. Yeah. So we're only really missing like one or two. Yeah. We're missing. We're missing. They, they fucked uh, up the Cascadia Cup. Yeah, that's the one. They do have Seattle and Vancouver. Yeah, if Portland had been, had been in there instead of San Jose, that would have been, yeah. yeah. So uh, the uh, just, like, fucking it up and picking the wrong picking the wrong ball. Yeah. So Dan, my name for the uh, Miami Orlando is the Florida Man Bull. 
I can I can get behind that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. MJ, do you have any any thoughts? Um I rather than throwing San Jose in with the California team, I would have liked to have seen uh Houston uh versus Dallas preserved as the Texas Derby. But as someone pointed out to me on Twitter, Mark Fangman or someone, like, screw that. You know, those two were put in the same group. You know, yeah, they have a rivalry, but no more people are going to show up to Orlando that would show up if the, if the game were in Texas. So, <laughs> and I thought, valid, I thought that was a valid point. Yeah, I mean, us, Houston, Dallas, and Sporting Kansas City would have been a fun group. The I-35 Cup. Yeah. I, I also claim that that had we not already renamed our rivalry in an NASL with Edmonton, the Flyover Cup, that our group would be the Flyover Cup group um, easily. If we had FC Detroit, we'd be the uh, the Delta Hub Cup. <laughs> Perfect, Dan. Atlanta's well, not in there, so that's a yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is any do any of these groups stick out to you? Like well, like so we'll I think we'll probably spend the next couple of weeks maybe breaking down like Eastern Conference and then Western Conference, or we'll maybe take the first three groups and the second three groups. Any stick out that you know that you're interested in that you're that you think are I don't know, the proverbial group of death with it, which is absolutely not a thing in MLS, but uh, no group, group no. A group A strikes me as as just horrible to mediocre, with the exception of New York City FC. Um, and yeah, maybe Philadelphia, maybe Philadelphia, and so that that's the one that really sticks out like a sore thumb to me. The problem, the problem with that group is that, like, I'm guessing, you know, like, because you're only going to play three games, right? So you're not playing every single person, every single team in the group, um, right? Which I guess to me, so that brings me kind of to the uh, to the other point, like, why did Nashville have to go into uh, the Eastern Conference to have a six team group? Why couldn't you have just had two five-team groups? You one wrote one buys. One in the Western Conference. I mean, I just don't understand right. the logic behind – other than – I mean, in the Nashville – like, other than trying to get Nashville to play Atlanta, um, which is, like, I think the reason why they were – like, Nashville's pissed off that they're in the Western Conference. And they're not even in the fucking uh, – Nash- they're not yeah. in the Atlanta group, so. They would have fit great in Group B. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but you don't want buys, and – that's the reason why you have a 16 group and not two yeah, five teams. I know. Yeah. Because okay. one team would not play in a given week and that would suck. So, yeah. So, yep. Um, I don't know. I think the toughest group appears to be the you know, group F. If you have to like pick yeah. like, the toughest group, LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston, and Portland. Um, although Portland has not gone off to a great start, Houston, um, you know, has been. Sometimes great, sometimes mediocre. Um, the other, uh, the other group, or Group A. Does every team in Group A have a first-year coach? I'm pretty sure every team, in, other, other than Philly, other Philly. Than Curtin, all five of those other teams have first-year coaches, which just seems like really fucking serendipitous. Yeah. Just saying. I don't know, Dan. I'm I'm, I'm coming around to uh, this shit was fucking rigged. <laughs> Like it was, it was unbelievably doable to rig it. So whether they did or didn't, there is substantial reason to believe they did. Um, but you know, I, I think honestly, one of the really interesting questions is going into this is uh, how much you, how much emphasis you put on the first two games of the season so far. Because if you take uh, the Loons group, 
and you kind of look at it through last year's lens, RSL was okay, but they were pretty hit and miss. The Loons faded badly, but were a pretty strong team. Kansas City was horrible. And uh, Colorado came on towards the end of the season, but was absolutely abject at the beginning. Uh, But you look at it this season, RSL is off to a terrible start. The other three teams are the best three teams in the West. So I think you could, if, if those first two games are truly meaningful, you can pretty well argue that the Loons did end up in the group of death and they still might win it. Uh, My money's on SKC. We'll get into that in a later week, but uh, right. Yeah. And it's so hard to know, right? Which of these groups are going to be, really interesting because the teams looked good for the first couple of games of the year and which teams are going to come out and just look completely flat. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the uh, DFB Pokal cup um, last week. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I did. Who, who played Frankfurt? Who played the, uh, who was the lower division team there? Um, oh, they oh, the fourth uh, division team. Yeah. They played Leverkusen. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. It was, yeah. it was uh, something. Yeah. I can't even remember what the name of the team was, but they Sorry. hadn't, Sondheim they hadn't played, or yeah, something like that. They hadn't played in 93 days, and yeah. boy, howdy, did it show. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. my big concern with this is uh, is that none of the teams are going to look any good because everybody's just going to be rusty as hell. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So, a couple other MLS things. Um, Kevin Durant is a part owner of the Philadelphia Union, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Kevin Durant is a, is an interesting, interesting character and, and um, seems to be like a, a really good dude. So I'm, I'm super happy that, you know, LeBron owns part of Liverpool. And so like, it's interesting seeing these, uh, um, you know, these uh, basketball players and, and players from other sports, like owning other sports teams, right? Like putting their, their stake in, in soccer, especially. Right. Yeah. Russell Wilson in Seattle. Yeah. Russell Wilson in Seattle. That's right. That was last, last year. Yeah. 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 And he has some decent options for buying up too. He's got, he's got a 5% stake and he's got an option to buy another five next year. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if he keeps doing that. So. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, the other um, thing that came out literally the day after we, we recorded yesterday, last week, um, MLS came out with a, uh, a statement saying that they support players kneeling for the national anthem. Um, Obviously that's, great news the problem is is that they're not gonna be playing the national anthem at least uh at least during the orlando tournament um so you guys have any thoughts on that and then uh, bill had, a, had an interesting idea that we'll talk about here in a second so is any any other thoughts on um mls coming out and, and saying that you know they're fine with players kneeling not so much on that i'm certainly excited about that but on uh mls not playing the national anthem i am completely conflicted about this on the one hand i'm totally for it there's no reason to play it before sporting events so that's great on the other hand if they're just doing this because they don't want the optics of players kneeling which they've allowed that's horrible and it'll be an interesting question of what players choose to do instead of kneeling when there's no anthem so we saw ali bedoya last year for example uh with his uh no gun violence was with a shirt and then yelled into the camera and everyone was kind of on pins and needles waiting to see what the league would do. And they actually chose yeah. not to punish him for that. So it's, it, I don't know how much slack to give MLS here. And it's really kind of messing with my head. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see. You know, players yeah. obviously have been really vocal about this and they're passionate about it. So the fact, if the, if the league's goal 
is to make sure that no one kneels and there's no Black Lives Matter protests, they'll get half of that. People won't kneel because it makes no sense with no anthem, but there definitely will be, will be protests. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how the league reacts to that. Yeah, so the league, uh, you know, the reason they gave behind not doing the national anthem was they're not going to line players up on the field before, beforehand. And I guess, you know, they're not going to do that because of, you know, it isn't a great camera shot having players six feet apart and having to run a dolly down and, you know, it's not going to look great on TV. Yeah, I do so. love the idea, though, of running a cameraman. What is that, like a 130 odd feet? Yeah. Six, six feet between 11 players. In 100 degree weather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, that's a good reason. It, it, that's, a, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about the social distancing. They mentioned no fans. Right. Uh, that, uh, that because the fans weren't there. And that felt a little bit disconnected to me. But, no, that's a really good point about social distancing. What well, about all the fans watching on TV? We like to see the, the starting lineups line up. Um, one, one alternative to playing the national anthem that I discussed with my uh, season ticket holder buddy, Dustin Feedy, uh, kind of in the spirit of, of the flags that Neil Logan hangs up at Allianz every year, and that I get to help them with is, is a privilege to me, which I'm very thankful for. But we could, it would be nice since soccer is an international game and people keep commenting on, well, how many, how many of the players, it's usually the, the national anthem is not just played for the fans, but the players. Like how many players are, are from the United States? Like, wouldn't it be cool if we did? And it would be nice if like, in addition to the, to the United States national anthem, or instead of one week, we picked a different national anthem from one of our players to play. And I think that would be a cool tradition to start. Yeah. Well, MJ, you're stepping on Bill's, you're stepping on Bill's bit here. So yeah, Bill, tell us your bit. We, we need alternative songs for yeah. the national anthem. <laughs> Let's get some spice of life. And even during the tournament, my thought during the tournament, I, the, the song that, that I think they should do is, you know, the, ca- the captain of each team and, and the ref during the coin toss and then have somebody bring the coin out and they're standing out there and they do, that's what friends are for, that Dion Warwick and Gladys Knight and Stevie Wonder and Elton John sing. And they each have a mic and they, and they sing that with each other. And, and that's, that's a together song. And- keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you. You know, it, it's going to bring us all together, and 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 that's that's way more of a statement than our national anthem. You know, fuck patriotism that has bombs going off. This is this is bringing people together. So, and it's corny as fuck. <laughs> all right, uh, MJ, what's your suggestion for this? I'll try. I'm, I'm going to try and layer in the songs as well. So, or at least little bits of the songs. So, all right, good. Uh, in, um, in the spirit of soccer, I, I wanted to just get go with Can I Kick It by A Tribe Called Quest, because why not? A little something, something, something like
sure. I would I would one hundred percent salute to uh, Five Dog asking if he can kick it. Yeah, I went with Faith by George Michael. That is a fucking badass song. That organ into the guitar is. is is killer. So I went with uh, "Faith" by George Michael. Dan, how about you? Uh, so I went I went a little bit off off the rails here because I picked a song without words. Uh, I want the players to mosh to uh, "Sandstorm" by Deruda. Absolutely slam dancing everywhere. I want two injuries before the kickoff. Um, that, that's not really going to uh, go well with social distancing, but... Uh, um, they have masks on. Sacrifices must be made for patriotism. Yeah, you got to put your mask on for, for the, uh, for the national anthem <laughs> to kick it off when you're going to play the actual game. So, one, uh, one thing I really do hope comes out of this is that we have a, an honest national conversation about how bad a song our national anthem is. Yeah. It is not good. I say this as no. someone who has sung it for professional sporting events, like Twins, oh. Timberwolves. I don't think I ever did a Vikes game. Tons of Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, University of Minnesota stuff. Like the song is awful, and it oh, is it's... positioned in such a way that makes it very difficult, even for good singers, to sing. Like we just need a better song. This isn't. I'll I'll leave the fuck patriotism bit to Bill. I'll set yeah. that aside for now. I'm just saying, we just need a better song. Fake it can be patriotism. a good national anthem, but, yeah. but pick a song that people can actually sing and they don't turn it into a fucking dirge. Yeah. A nice little up-tempo, 130 BPM or higher. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's MLS. Like I so said, we'll talk about the actual groups uh, a little more in depth as we get closer to the, to the actual tournament um, when things are a little more, uh, we actually have some time to think about uh, MLS teams and who's actually the fucking players on the rosters are. So, uh, yeah. as we mentioned last week, NWSL um, has, they're going to be actually, they're the first professional sports league back in the United States. Um, team sports, obviously, golf came back last week and NASCAR has been doing some, some pretty amazing shit, um, which we can talk about later if we want. But NWSL put out a schedule. Um, they have a, uh, so they're playing, so as just to recap very quickly, there's nine teams in the NWSL. Um, each team is playing four games, so very much like the. Uh, and this is going to be their entire their entire season is, is this tournament that's taking place in Utah. Um, four teams uh, in each uh, each you, each team will play four games. Um, then the top eight teams will advance to a knockout round, pretty standard uh, quarterfinal, semifinal, final. Um, the winner being challenged with or being winning the NWSL Challenge Cup is what they're calling it for for twenty twenty. And so uh, all of us picked uh, picked teams to um, support and cheer on. And uh, so, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about the four teams that we all picked. And then, because these are probably going to be the four teams that would win it 
honestly, I don't really see any other team winning it. And you probably can guess that we picked the four, four of the five best teams. There's probably one other team that's got a shot, but um, Dan, you have the Red Stars. So tell us a little bit about the Red Stars. Yeah. Uh, so I picked my, uh, the, my hometown team in that I lived in Chicago for a long time. Um, in addition to their unbelievably fire kits, uh, which are absolutely on par or maybe slightly ahead of even forward Madison. Um, they boast a ton of uh, U.S. women's national team. They've got Alyssa Nair, uh, Julie Ertz, Morgan Bryan, uh, Tiana Davidson. Uh, this is, however, their first season without Sam Kerr. So it'll be really, really interesting to see how they do up top. Uh, they should be really, really strong in the back, um, really good midfield and defense. But, uh, you know, the, the last few seasons, they, they had had Sam Kerr to pull them out of the fire in, in some tight games. They won't have that going forward now that she's with Chelsea. Uh, so that'll be one of the things I'm watching in this tournament is, is whether they can successfully turn their rock-solid defense into a good enough offense to, to, to at least score one or two a game. Cool. Um, and uh, they uh, are – so their matches against, are against the Pride – the Utah Royals, the Dash, and Sky Blue um, FC. So, uh, MJ, you have you picked the Portland Thorns. Tell us a little bit about the Portland Thorns. Um, I've talked to Bill about this before. I I have a a a secret uh, I don't know what do you call it? Ad- adoration for Christine Sinclair, even though she plays on Team Canada. Um, I love her story. Um, she went to co- college in Portland. Um, the her story of like family members that were coaches and new coaches in Portland is really, really interesting. So I've kind of followed her career. Also uh, it is pride month and they have a black lesbian as their goalkeeper, uh, Adriana Franch. So that's really cool. Uh, Becky Sauerbrown, Lindsay Horan, and uh, one of the best techers out there, Tobin Heath. Right on. Um... I chose the uh, North Carolina Courage because when you get the opportunity to take the uh, the two-time reigning champions, you take the two-time reigning champions. Um, the team with all the best players. <laughs> I'm a front runner. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's your podcast. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I <laughs> um, for the Portland Thorns, they play the Courage Pride the Washington Spirit and uh, Olympic Lyon Reign, or the OL Reign. Um, Courage are got, they have obviously the Thorns, uh, the Houston Dash, um, the Pride, and the Royals. Yeah, I mean, Abby Dahlkamper, Crystal Dunn, Dabinia, McDonald, um, uh, Sam Mewis, Lynn Williams. Uh, yeah, let's fucking go, man. I'll take that. Like I said, uh, two-time, um, two-time reigning champions. Um, they do have a, uh, a horrible, uh, not, uh, not gay friendly person on their team, you know, but gotta suck it up, whatever. Uh, and that's Jaylene Hinkle. But yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I really gotta like what I have with the courage and, and it's been, so they only had like five losses all of last year and I think 10 losses total over the course of the last two years. So and it is a you know short tournament. You never you never know, but this team is then this team has been together pretty much as constructed for the last two years. So they all know each other really well. I think that is going to be something that's we'll probably talk about when we talk about MLS. Um, the 
uh, familiarity, I think is going to be much more important than, you know, youth as compared to what people think. So, and then uh, Bill, you have, uh, you took the Washington spirit. Yeah. And I took them because you guys uh, had uh, picked your teams already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, (laughs) play the, uh, the Utah Royals, the rain. Uh, the thorns, but, so you have actually done a, yeah. terrible, a terrible run in through the through the the group stage, if you will. So yeah, yeah, and it's you know the there's not a lot of big names on the on the spirit, but um, Rose Lavelle and, and Andy Sullivan are probably their two biggest names. Um, what they lose? They lost Mallory Pugh this this uh, this last year. I'm not sure where she went. Any of you guys know? Went to Europe. Europe, okay. I'd go to Europe right now too if I if I had the choice. Um, yeah, so you know, I uh, I haven't seen them play since last year. I didn't get to see any of the games, so it was the year before. So, oh, uh, no. sorry, I lied. She's with Sky Blue. Oh, is she? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so uh yeah i get to have fun this year and just say yeah my team is better than uh than i thought and or they really blew it and it wasn't my fault because i just picked the team randomly you get to watch rose lavelle which uh honestly is is yes. in, and, in and of itself because she's so much fun to watch completely yeah yeah mj we should uh we should put together a a ter- uh like a tournament for this or people like a <laughs> tournament like uh, like like you do for the Champions League and for Euros and World Cup and stuff. Let's let's chat about that yeah. offline. I think that'd be that'd be really fun for. Uh, that would be. Yeah, just the four of us, we could do it. We're just just the four of us, we could we, we could, could do it. throw something together. Oh, we can get it. people to do this. Yeah, uh, I'll figure it out. There's I'll only nine teams. All right, let's talk about some other stuff that happened. Um, Bundesliga uh, had yeah. the weekend. Any particular games that anybody wants to talk about? Otherwise, we can sort of just sort of tell people what's on the line. There's only three more Bundesliga matches left in their season. And so there's well, a lot that, on the line. That Dortmund match, uh, Erling Kallst goal in the 95th minute Yeah, uh, to break a 0-0 tie. Um, um, Holland. Holland, that was his first professional goal with his head. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. That, uh, that was – Gotta love you. Gotta love games like that. Um, that's that's why we watch this. Yeah, it shouldn't have been nil nil though. That was it was no. complete bullshit. That goal got chalked off. Yeah, uh, that's sure. the game though. Sure. Yeah, and Dusseldorf. I mean, there's like I said, they're sitting in 16th. They really they needed some points there, and, and they weren't able to get it. No. Uh, <clears throat> Werder uh, put a smackdown on Paderborn. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> In they, the relegation uh, six point six pointer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And they've got another one coming up. So Yeah, they do. Any other any other yeah. game? I uh, I would say Union Berlin finally finally getting a win. Yay! Uh, two to one yeah. over uh uh Cologne. Um keeping themselves they're still in I mean they're still technically in a kind of yeah. relegation battle, but that three they're points. two spots away uh after Augsburg got their win on Sunday. Yeah. Three points yeah. for them. So, I think I think they can do it. I think they will too. Yeah, they only need to get two points between now and, and the end of the year. So I think they can yeah. manage it. So uh, another it, thing from a Union Berlin standpoint is is Hertha lost this past weekend. So, um, also, also even that, though they'll probably yeah. finish higher in the table, it's always good to see Union 
win and had to lose. So, yeah. Hertha's yeah. been their wor- their own worst enemy this year. Yeah. And uh, Union's only thir- three points off of Hertha, so it's yeah. possible they may pass them. Um, any other games you guys want to mention? Otherwise, we can talk very quickly about the things that are up for upper grabs in, um, in the, the next two weeks, basically. I, I watched the second half of, of Schalke Leverkusen, and that was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah after a dire game. first half. Yeah, yes. Luckily, we were watching the St. Pauli match uh, during that first half. So yeah. The entire first half. And <laughs> exactly. The second half, so. <laughs> and uh, finally, St. Pauli uh, won a match. They finally won a match, yes. They, yeah. they needed a win. Uh, they they no. are getting dangerously close to relegation, so. Speaking of uh, Bundesliga 2 and St. Pauli, if you want to watch the uh, St. Pauli match on Wednesday, uh, Bill and I will be at the Blackheart uh, at one thirty. It game normally game kicks off at eleven thirty, but we're gonna watch it on on delay. So turn off your uh, foot foot mob and don't look at the Twitter and scores and um, join us at one thirty at Blackheart if you want to come and and watch uh, watch some St. Pauli action. Yeah, have a uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon coffee and uh, and bent paddle uh, blacker. Yeah, it tastes like chocolate milk. Oh my god, it's dangerous. Yeah. That's um, all right. So the things that are happening in Bundesliga, uh, Champions League spots, Bayern. So Bayern's wrapped one up. They can win the league on Tuesday uh, with a yep. win. Uh, Dortmund also has secured Champions League. Uh, Leipzig is basically there. They have uh, they just need a point uh, over the next three games. And then it's Leverkusen and Gladbach are separated by one point. Those two are going to fight it out for who gets the, uh, the fourth and final uh, Bundesliga yeah. Champions League spot. Um, they both have pretty easy run-ins. Yep. So it really is going to be about, um, you know, who, if someone slips up and, and the yep. other team can, uh, uh, can take it. So Gladbach um, has one match that's against Wolfsburg and, uh, and they're, they're in the running for Europa. That's right. They're trying uh, to place Hoffenheim. Yep. So. so that's the only, the only, you know, tight match on that whole run. Yeah. But Leverkusen and Gladbach are, are, pretty fun teams to watch so like i think those games are going to be pretty wide open um they're yeah. going to try and score as many goals as they can because they want to make sure they make champions league uh and then on the other side the relegation battle paderborn uh is eight points back um they're effectively relegated uh, yeah. the best they can do is the relegation playoff spot so if you're not familiar with germany germany the top, bottom two teams are relegated and the third from the bottom team plays a relegation playoff with the third place team from the league below them a two-legged affair uh um, one game at each uh, each team spot. Um, whoever um, wins that uh, state goes up or stays up, and then whoever loses goes down or stays down. So three, it's not three guaranteed spots up. <clears throat> uh, uh, and Dusseldorf are tied on twenty eight points for the other relegation spot and playoff spot, and then uh, FC Mainz is only three points clear at thirty one points. As I mentioned, uh, Cologne, Augsburg, and Union are uh, all on 35 points. So they're, you know, um, if they really fuck up, they might go down. Um, but uh, it's, it's you know, kind of really depends on, on things. But um, it's pretty much Mainz and Werder and Dusseldorf. Yeah. Those and sets. Werder and Mainz play uh, in two weeks. No, next Saturday. This yep. Saturday. This Saturday. Uh, two games. So, they yeah, they play they, – they, they both play midweek and then they play again – against yeah. each other on Saturday. So that Yeah, that's did. another six point uh so and Verder's yeah. been looking looking decent. So uh yeah that could that that match could uh could decide who is that third team. 
All right. So yeah, join us on uh, on Wednesday to watch. Um, I'm sure we'll have the um, Arsenal Man City game on as well. Yeah. Uh, one TV, but Saint yeah. Paul will be on the big screen. So Dan, if you want to get out of the house, come on down to come down to the Black Heart. On uh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about it. We'll see. Yeah. Wear wear a mask, would you? Y'all wear three. <laughs> we all wear masks. Um, all right, uh, MJ, tell us about the K League. So uh, this was a very sad, sad week of the K League. If you loved goals, this was a great week. There were two two games that six goals were scored. Um, however, for my beloved FC Seoul, uh, home team of my birthplace, uh, Daegu beat Seoul six nil. Ouch! That's bad. Which is, which is a, a big up. Granted, Daegu's at, at home. But they shouldn't beat FC Seoul any any year. So that's that's just horseshit. Um, Did Demidov transfer to there? What'd you say? Did Demidov transfer and play, <laughs> play in Seoul now or something? Yeah, Demidov and, uh, at the back and Berbatov up front. Yep. <laughs> uh, Taylor Taylor's there as well. So no. Uh, uh, Bill, your team, Junbyuk Hyundai, uh, beat. Uh, Incheon United, one yeah. nil. We just keep rolling. Yeah, yeah, like table toppers last year, and I think the year before that. So they're they're gonna stay up on top. Uh, the military academy group, uh, Sangju Sangmu, uh, played Pohang Steelers, um, and they lost at home two to four to, to the Pohang Steelers. Take it to them. Uh, Go Steelers. Uh, I'm not gonna list the whole table right now, but Pohang Steelers. Uh, stay in fourth, which which keeps them out. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Point Steelers stay in fourth, and right now that keeps them out of a uh, AFC Champions League spot because um, they only it only goes to the first three. But uh, FC Seoul, which you know were third place last year, find themselves in ninth place and. Every week I've been trying to give you some score rundowns and some tidbit about how K-League is run. This week I'm going to talk about the relegation group and the championship group. So after uh, every team plays each other home and away, and again, there's only 12 teams, so they can do things like this. The top six teams go into a championship group and the bottom six teams go into a relegation group. And it's not a playoff. This isn't the United States. They play um, just one game. Um, it's like a mini table. So it's not home and home. It's just they play one game against every other team. So they, they each play five additional games. And then that kind of determines uh, who goes to the relegation playoffs uh, and to battle the teams from uh, K-League 2. So mm-hmm. it's a little different format. It's a little goofy. Um, the, the fact that right now uh, FC Seoul is down and, and Suwon Blue Wings are, are down in the uh, relegation um, group is really, really weird as, as a K-League fan. They, those, you don't see those two teams down that low at this stage of the, the, the competition. So that's how that works. Cool. All right. So it'll um, be like West Ham getting relegated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <ha>. yeah. Funny joke. <laughs> Not um, a joke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Other leagues are back playing. Um, La Liga kicked off this weekend. Um, I know 
both Real Madrid and Barcelona won. Those are the only teams that actually really matter in La Liga. Uh, Athletic Bilbao, which for those who don't don't know, that's the Basque region's team. How did Bilbao versus uh, Athletic Madrid go? Yeah, they uh, uh, Madrid shit the bed and it was a one-one draw. Wow, Madrid might go back. Go might, not in, might not be in Europe next year based on how they're playing. So that wow. is pretty bonkers. That's uh, tough. Tough for their fans. Yeah. Yeah. They feel for them. Feel for those Atletico fans. <clears throat> um, Syria is officially back on June 20th, although they played uh, their Copa d'Italia um, uh, semifinals uh, Friday and Saturday. And uh, Juventus drew 0 0 with a 10 man, uh, AC Milan. Um, AC Milan just basically shit the bed, and uh, Ronaldo missed a penalty, which was fucking hilarious. Um, and then someone immediately uh, put a, a foot into a dude's chest, and it was a, just a terrible, terrible game. Um, hmm. Ended zero zero, so that uh, um, Juventus went through one uh, one on away goals to the final, and they played Napoli. Um, I don't remember how the Napoli match uh, ended on Saturday. The, Napoli was playing Inter Milan. So both Milan teams shit the bed, um, which is classic Milan. So good on them. Uh, just a re- just announced today, actually. I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but uh, UEFA is meeting on, I believe, Wednesday to officially uh, put together their uh, um, Champions League and Europa League tournaments. Um, it looks like the Champions League is going to be happening. All the knockout rounds uh, from the quarterfinals on will be happening as sort of one legs in um, Lisbon. Uh, so Istanbul was supposed to host it this year, but obviously Istanbul is kind of a mess right now in terms of the coronavirus yeah. and everything. There's no way they were going to be able to like get everything secured to host it. So it sounds like Istanbul probably will push back to uh, 2021 or 2022 and get a chance to host it then. So Lisbon's going to get the knockout rounds for Champions League. Europa League knockout rounds are going to go to Western Germany. Looks like Cologne will be hosting the final for that one. Um, and then uh, women's champion league, women, women's champions league has been announced, uh, that will happening in Spain. Take that France. Uh, what's that? I said, take that France. I mean, France. uh, I mean, if, if, uh, Olympic, uh, Leonet doesn't, doesn't win it all. It'll, I mean, they've just been so dominate. So yes, yes, they I have. Mean, so and, and now, and now they, Olympic Leonet has, has a, a farm team in NWSL in, in the, the, the Tacoma rain. So, yeah. So, yeah, uh, do. Um, huh. Dan, how do you feel about going to Western Germany to watch, uh, to watch Arsenal? They're good. <laughs> uh, all right. And then uh, last thing here before the break, um, the United States Soccer Federation officially repealed their ban on taking a knee during the national anthem. Um, and then I, I heard an interview with uh, Cindy Parlo Cohn, who said she uh, like personally called uh, Megan Rapino and apologized for that. The funny thing was that um, USSF put that ban out there, um, and the problem was they could never actually enforce it. And I think no one actually thought about that because it was not collectively bargained. So there was no way in hell that that was going to be enforced. Uh, it was I think a three-match ban for the first offense and then a um, year long ban for the, for the second offense. So it was funny that that was thing. Um, I'm glad the USSF um, realized that that was, that was fucked up and stupid. Uh, Obviously, you know, several years too late in terms of everything 
all things considered, but um, at least they uh, put it out there. And then to you know, sort of make everything even better, uh, both Donald Trump and Matt Gates, Representative Matt Gates from Florida, talking about a Florida man, um, got their undies in a bunch, and uh, they basically said that they're not going to watch soccer ever again. And guys, soccer has made it in America. When Donald Trump is saying you're not going to watch your sport, <laughs> they've ever, heard of soccer. Heard of soccer, guys? Soccer has made it in America. Uh, yeah. You guys have any thoughts on the on the the USSF uh, uh, repealing their their ban? Yeah, they're so brave. Um, the the fact that they you know they they went out you know on a limb here and and you know they're just you know they're just civil rights breakers out in front of everyone uh, everyone at corporate America you know I'm proud I'm proud of our sport I realize that we're uh, we're six months into 2020 so this is a bit of a stretch but honestly please append this to Megan Rapinoe's 2019 resume and frame it as the greatest year any soccer player ever had. Yeah. Just, just goals on goals of the World Cup, golden boot, golden ball, and then officially gets victory over the U.S. Soccer Federation. Now, the only, only better bit would be if, uh, if they could get a decent labor deal. But uh, she's got six months left. And, uh, I'm, you know, honestly, with the winning streak she's on, I'm not betting against it. I mean, I, I would, I would bet, I would bet on her. I definitely would not bet against her. So, um, my other feeling is that Baron Trump, um, who one, if you remember, was uh, playing on the DC United uh, uh, youngest Their level academy team. Academy team. You know, is he going to stop watching? That's. Who knows? And, and, um, and will we'll only his mom watch it with him? Will dad have to leave the room? <laughs> he is Eastern European, so, you know, Slovakia made that run last last uh, World Cup, so. And the dad is that. He won't even yeah. watch his kid's favorite sport. Um, I just want to point out Matt Gates, that, that representative from Florida, he is apparently going to be introducing a bill this is a this is a house this is a house representative so it's going to go absolutely fucking nowhere but it's really introducing a bill that makes it illegal for uh, I think it says specifically soccer players to kneel during the national anthem so <laughs> I think it was national national team players of any sport national players of any sport okay uh, if, you, if you represent the country of the United States you should be proud to do so or something about on the, on those lines yeah um, also that's there's a that's I mean I don't think we talked about it but like. Shortly after everything kind of was happening a couple weeks ago, the, uh, the Tokyo Olympic Committee came out and said um, that they are not allowing players, athletes to kneel for anthems either too, right? I don't know if they, I don't think they've walked that back yet, so. No, I don't believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, that's still, or they walked it back a little bit, maybe saying like, what will, we're gonna consider it, but like they definitely came out with a statement saying no kneeling, like no protests during anthems. So we'll see how that actually, assuming those Olympics actually happen in 2021, because who the fuck knows with uh, with what's going on right now. So, um, all right. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we have a we have an apology tour, some United news, and we're gonna talk about the Premier League. So we'll be back in uh, in a in a minute. You want me to be that type of dude, and I. Won't you be who you like me to? But we both know I can't do nothing at 
and we're starting off the second half of the uh, the podcast with the uh, MJ Apology Tour. MJ. So last week, uh, I got all up in arms over David's uh, suggestion that uh, Vin Diesel could play Tim Howard um, on the grounds of race. Um, I should have said, doesn't look anything like the fucker, but I used... I put it in terms of race, and that was a mistake. Looks a little bit like him. What? Looks a little bit like him. Other than the shaved head part, I, I, yeah, I, sorry, I don't see it. Um, I claim that Keegan Michael Key looks way closer to Tim Howard. Um, That's that's actually probably fair. If you could get the Tim Howard voice down, it would be, it would be amazing because we know that guy can swear like a motherfucker. So, um, but yeah, uh, I knew that uh, Vin Diesel had an adopted father who was African-American. Um, there was a lot of things unknown about his birth father, but apparently the consensus is, or the research says that he was African-American and other races. There was, there's partial African-American in, in, in his birth father. And uh, that's total ignorance and mistake on my point. So I will admit to my mistake uh, when I make one. That was you. Yes, um, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm dropping in a uh, a Vin Diesel, Tim Howard side by side into our documents right now. Okay. All right. Take a look at it, guys. I'm not gonna drop. I'm not gonna drop in a Keegan Michael Key, Tim Howard. No, no, no. You you are correct. Keegan Michael Key looks very much like Tim Howard. I, I I fully recognize that. But look at this and do not tell me that Tim Howard and Vin Diesel that. Vin Diesel couldn't pull off Tim Howard. Guys, I'm, I'll throw this. I'll throw this into the uh, into the post yeah. as well. So a young a young Tim Howard. Yeah, yeah I'm not a really young Tim Howard. Yes, I'm not an idiot. I and uh, yeah. thank you, MJ. I appreciate your apology. But um, and also give him a- thank you to Atla Cribs for pointing out um, the uh, and then uh, Eric uh, Grady did as well. Eric Grady now, did as well. Uh, but now I, I give him that. a big beard. Who knows? Yeah, um, we're just gonna throw. Uh, we're gonna move up the. Uh, so I appreciate the MJ apology tour. We're gonna move up the uh, shit on Schlets segment because motherfucker misspelled my last name. Wow. Um, hey, and, I wasn't here last week. Can I throw a, a name in for that Tim Howard thing? Yeah, please. You guys didn't think of it. it it's really a lot closer. Is uh, David Cross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think he would just nail nail it, and I think the Tourettes would come out, and uh, uh, I, I I think it would be beautiful. So ar- argue that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you win by a whitewash. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I want to. I also want to shit on Schletz for uh, um, misspelling my name in that tweet. So. Thank you to Andy and MJ and to uh, Greedy for uh, for pointing that out. Um, all right, United News. Uh, not a ton of United News. Obviously, they are practicing uh, with full teams. Um, the did, team did send out an email uh, last week saying that they're going to be um, releasing the season ticket holder options for you know, people who have already paid or are prepaying for their season tickets. Um, sometime this week, uh, per an email last week, so my guess will be in your email, email inbox first thing tomorrow morning. Um, cause that is how things happen here. Um, does it, do you, I don't know, do we want to speculate on what the options will be? Um, my guess is it'll be something like, you know, pay it, you know, 
pay it forward, um, you know, have a, so there's, there's been actually a couple other interesting things. Like some teams have said, like you can have an option of just putting it off towards next year, um, you know, keeping it sort of like rolling as there may be potential, you know, games or playoff games and using it as that. Um, so it's been, it's, there's been some interesting rollouts. My guess is they're going to try and do something pretty standard across the league. So do you guys have any specific thoughts about what you want to see? Or any like pie in the sky ideas? I'm going to go on a brief rant here that I do not like the tendency of you can get a refund, but you can, you lose your spot in line for, for season tickets uh, the, the following year. I think that is uh, classist horseshit. Yeah. Um, th- there are people that maybe have been season ticket holders for who knows how many years um, falling on hard times. And this would be a way, yeah, normally you would be giving this money anyway, but yeah, normally you'd be employed, you know, during this time period. And so this would be one way when you look at your monthly budget to kind of reclaim some of that money. And so for teams to say, uh, yeah, you've been a season ticket for a long time or you're a new season ticket holder. And now you're going to lose your spot because you need money um, and, and make that to be a choice by the season ticket holder um, is absolute horseshit. Um, you should love your season ticket holders. You should take care of them. Um, you should value them and not use this ultra competitive capitalist. We got a long line waiting of other people who are willing to pay if you don't want to bullshit. So that's my rant on that. No, that's, that's fair. It sounds like there's a lot of the, um, at least I know, I think Liverpool is doing something where you can get your, you can get your tickets back, your, your money back for games not played and you don't lose your spot. I think that a lot of like European teams are doing it that way. Um, that's, I mean, obviously that, that's never something that even I even consider. I kind of was like, Oh yeah. Like if you don't, you know, push it forward, you want it back, you just lose your spot. But uh, honestly, MJ, that makes your way makes a shit ton more sense and is way more um, fair than any other way. So. Yeah. As somebody who, you know, lost, you know, I, I've, I freelance and I lost my biggest client during all this. And now I have another client that is shutting down uh, because of all this, it, it would be a hugely helpful uh, to get my money back right now and then restart paying in August for next year. And I think there's this disconnect between owners or front offices and people who don't have steady jobs, you know, um, that might be, you know, really stretching their budget just to be a season ticket holder. Yeah. Uh, um, I know a lot of people that are season ticket holders that are very well to do, but you know, not everyone's in that, in that boat. And, uh, it, it uh, I can't remember if it was something for out of Orlando that got leaked, uh, uh, season ticket hold letter out of Orlando, but I read some MLS thing about, you know, you can, you can get a refund, but that means um, other people get in line in front of you for your season tickets the following year. And I, I, that's horseshit. Yeah. I think that was Louisville. Assuming you're reading the same thing I read. Yeah. I, no. I swear I read it out of multiple teams, but, but yeah, they, they very well could have been Louisville. Yeah. It's one of them. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully the team does well. Um, Again, I think it's probably going to be more of an MLS 
thing, and, and I'm guessing it's probably going to gear more towards more than likely being, you know, use you know use it or lose it kind of kind of a situation, which again does really yeah. suck. So, yeah. Um, MJ, Minneapolis City News. What we got? Uh, it's a lot of more of the same. So uh, more donations for their uh, curbside and socially distanced uh, drop-off of donated goods for South Minneapolis. Uh, they got a couple of groups involved. Uh, uh, the Wellstone International School in South Minneapolis uh, tweeted out for their constituents, like, hey, if you guys need stuff, here's a good place to go. So that's really cool. Um, again, this past weekend, uh, the Futsal Academy, um, TC Soul Youth, Youth Academy, joined in and the families of that academy helped um with donations and handing out uh food and diapers and and wipes and household goods um which is they're just doing so many good things for south minneapolis love them uh love their club love their commitment to the community uh and on also more of the same more wing kits came in so um go to mplscitysc.com and go to their store and buy the coolest wing kit in town yeah um cool thing i, I was listening to the uh, Ten Thousand pitches podcast and adam was on from minneapolis city and uh the cool thing is that most places aren't taking perishable uh food items for donation um but when they're like when the minneapolis city's uh donation site, site is open they are taking perishable items because they're like turning around and getting that food to people like same day which yeah. is really fucking cool like there's not a ton of uh not a ton of um, donation places that are doing that. So if you have some like perishable items, fruits, things like that, vegetables, um, that you know, that's a really, that's a really cool thing too. And and they're doing a thing where they're doing like contactless drop off. So people you know who need food who can't come to the site can say, hey, I would love to get some food on this day, and people can bring stuff and drop it off. So that's really cool. So good on uh, good on city. Um, Fort Madison. So it was announced last week. Uh, USL, the USL championship and USL league one met, um, one, you know, one day after day after each other. Um, the championship is coming back on July 11th is their target date. And the USL league one where Ford Madison plays is coming back on July 18th. There's still not a ton of details in terms of, um, you know, where they'll be playing. So right now Madison is in a, they're in a, a much more aggressive, uh, um, or again, yeah, aggressive reopening where they're actually limiting people. Um, as a matter of fact, we're going to Madison on this weekend, so that'll be fun. Um, but they're very limited in terms of the number of people that can be congregated in a space. Um, so USL and there's you know places like Boston, like we're New England, or New, we're New England Revolution play, and then uh, Toronto FC two, who play in the USL League One, where any visitors need to quarantine for 14 days before they can actually go out. So like. USL League One's kind of up in the air. Um, I think they're going to continue meeting and figuring out what the plan is. But it sounds like July 18th is what is being targeted for the USL League One and Ford Madison as the start of their matches. So, um, all right. So let's jump into the Premier League. That is back uh, officially this week, starting on Wednesday, um, the 17th, with. Uh, Makeup matches for the teams that were um, that were playing in what was it, Dan? FA Cup. FA Cup, right? 
So uh, Man City and Arsenal uh, will play on Wednesday, and uh, Sheffield United and um, who am I? Am I blanking on the other team? I did this earlier today. West Ham. No, not West Ham. Villa. Sheffield United and yes, Aston Villa. Yeah. Uh, also play on Wednesday. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about the EPL. A couple things before we get into the uh, um, actual matches. The the first weekend of play, uh, it was decided that they're going to have Black Lives Matter um, instead of the actual names on jerseys um, for all of next week at least. So the games on Wednesday and the games over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, which is a really cool. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of a lot of uh, support for the Black Lives Matter and um, Frankfurt wore Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter jerseys during the DFB Pokal semifinals <clears throat> last Wednesday. Um, but every single team in the league playing with a Black Lives Matter um, and for their nameplate instead of their name um, with their number is a really cool thing. So you guys have any thoughts on that? So along to recontextualize this in, in current events uh, and the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, I saw a, I want to say it was a black American comedian talking about racism in the South versus racism in the North. And he said, especially like, maybe not New England or New York, but North as in Midwest, like Midwest North um, or Western North, like Montana, Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Like when you're in the South, he's like, it's blatant. The, the people that are racist, you know who they are and, and you kind of can avoid them or they come out and just say how they feel. But in the Midwest, upper Midwest, it's very, very subtle. And that's very, very frustrating to understand when someone maybe is using some ignorant terminology or dog whistling or being very, very subtle about this. Um, what's interesting about this announcement for the Premier League is you're seeing, you know, racist fans in England come out of the woodwork, you know, and according to this comedian, he's like, that's a good thing. Like, like in order to, to heal, like, we need to know how big the problem is. We need to not just always censor and cancel and, you know, like shove them in these, these little dark holes. Like we need things out in the open. And so if I, I know this is a very, you know, uh, unilateral take on this, but that's, that's my take on it. I think it's entirely fair. Um, you know, yeah. England, England has had, we have frequently on this podcast shit on Italy for their racial troubles and they are by no means small, but England isn't immune from this by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I mean, you have Chelsea fans singing we're racist and that's the way we like it. Um, I think that was two years ago on an away trip, but I mean, incidents like this have, uh, have bubbled up far more often than I think anyone cares to admit. Um, so I, I on the one hand, this feels like perhaps a superficial statement. On the other, I think this is great. And I think to MJ, your point, it will bring people out of the woodwork and hopefully kind of show clubs who their supporters are. Um, I'm guessing end of season surveys don't include 
what do you think about the number of black players we have? But uh, when Mainz did their uh, Black Lives Matter tribute, they found out one of their season ticket holders thought there were too many black players on the team. So they canceled his season tickets. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, so this is, a, this is a, a way to bring up a really uncomfortable topic that needs to be discussed um, in a way that, that teams may find actionable. And I hope they do. I hope, I hope if any club, and I, I say this 100% believing, you know, I love Arsenal and I love Arsenal supporters. The community is one of the things that brought me to soccer. But if, you know, they do this and we find out that there's a pub full of fans that sat there and booed the whole time, I hope every one of them gets their tickets canceled and I don't want them to be Arsenal fans anymore. And I hope, I hope clubs take this opportunity to really see their support for who they are and try to figure out, okay, how do we – how do we get this to a place where everyone, irrespective of race or orientation or creed, feels comfortable being a supporter of our club? I mean, this is something we talked a lot about with the plastics when, when we had Meredith and Ash on the pod. Um, how do you be purposeful about creating spaces where everyone feels welcome? And I think this is a key step to starting those conversations. Yeah. Also, I'll say that the EPL sanctioned, so they sanctioned this because something the EPL actually needs to say yes on. They also sanction anybody who wants to take a knee during any time, which I'm guessing uh, a lot of teams will probably will do that um, at the start of their matches. Um, this is, you know, the Black Lives Matter in, in lieu of name, you know, their names on the back of jerseys came from the uh, player, a hashtag players together group, which was formed um, when all this happened. Uh, Jordan Henderson of Liverpool is the captain. And so it's all the captains of teams. Um, was kind of instrumental in that and working with uh, all the other captains to raise money for NHS. Um, and then it seems like it looks like uh, Troy Deeney, uh, Seamus Coleman from Everton, and Hector Bellerin from Arsenal were the guys who really uh, were really making the push for Black Lives Matter um, uh, on the nameplates instead of names for at least the first 12 matches of the season. First 12 matches of the restart, so Wednesday and then um, the weekend weekend matches. So it's really cool that all the, the captains are all getting together and they're all, um, you know, can find some common ground. Obviously, I think a lot of those guys probably don't like each other generally, um, but they're all collegial and they all know that this is something better. And then the other thing I'll also point out is that there is going to be a NHS uh, patch as well as after the Black Lives Matter uh, names are off the, the place. There'll be a Black Lives Matter patch on jerseys as well uh, for the rest of the year so which is, uh, again, you know, super cool. And it'll be really interesting to see what MLS does. Like, as we, we talked about earlier when we were talking about the MLS tournament, um, are these other European leagues going to, like, outshine what, you know, MLS and then, you know, NBA and NHL and, and NFL and those, those leagues are willing to do? Um, I mean, literally putting Black Lives Matter instead of your last name on your the back of your shirt is a pretty big fucking deal. And, you know, is – are the NBA would the NHL would MLS do something like that I don't I don't know the NBA maybe um I think that you know obviously that's a much more um there's a lot more African-American and and black players in that league I don't see something like NHL and MLS doing that but goddamn if 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 EPL can do it why the hell not yeah the uh the other leagues well I mean Germany's really the only league that's been going for a while now and it the league itself hasn't really done anything. Um, it's been real organic from the players. Um, and, you know, a lot of homemade T-shirts and bands and whatnot. But they've been 
you've noticed more and more at the start of the games, the players themselves coming out and kneeling in a circle around the, around, you know, around the, the, the center circle. Um, which is cool. There's, uh, if you read DW.com, the, the English language German newspaper, they've, they've been uh, doing more and more interviews with uh, players, with, especially with black players. Um, and there was one, uh, Anthony Uja, who plays for Union Berlin. Um, he had a comment about, you know, he's been in, in Berlin for, you know, however many years he's been there. He's, he's like 29 years old. And uh, he's never once seen a black uh, news presenter and uh, on, on German television. And, uh, and it's, you know, just things like that in society. Yeah. There, uh, NBC Sports, the soccer people have been in a podcast since everything went to, you know, Rebecca Lowe and Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl and, and yeah. Arlo and Graham and, and Kyle Martino and, um, I think it was last weekend. Yeah. Maybe it was like midweek or whatever. Whatever they did their last podcast. Um, you know, Robbie uh Robbie Earl mentioned like, yeah, he's like, there's not anybody who looks like me that I yeah. interact with in terms of uh you know all the sports, all the broadcasting I do, like there's not a single person that I see that looks like me. Um, which is pretty fucking crazy, you know. Like it really is. Um and, you know, there was actually, you know, there's some stories recently about how, and Raheem Sterling has come out and said about, like, you know, a third of the, of the players in, in the EPL are, are black. Yeah. And how many coaches? How many? There's literally zero, zero managers. I zero. mean, Nuno Espirito is, is, I think he's, like, half black, or he's, he's partially black. But there's, like, no other coaches. Um, there's no people in the front office, front offices. Like, so it's it's a... You know, there's and there's talk of like, you know, doing a Rooney rule for the EPL, and and we've known how how fucked that actually is when it comes to actually hiring uh, minority candidates and stuff. So, um, I'm hoping that you know, again, God be hopeful that, but you know, it's that this is going to change, but you know, also can be a little bit uh, pessimistic about it. So until they actually, until we actually see some forward progress i'm gonna reserve my hopefulness so yeah there was a conversation i had in the most recent trip i had to to england uh which uh was maybe 2004 or 5 that there were most of the conversations that i run into were people like well where are you from i'm from the united states and that was usually good enough but there were several people like, no, but where are you really from? Yeah. Which is similar to what I sometimes get in the U S again, but it was more so than the U S more so than, than when I get in the United States, uh, especially in the twin cities where adopted Koreans and Asian Americans are, are fairly, you know, we have numbers here, but more so in the U S I got people saying, Oh, so you're Korean. I was like, I'm Korean American. And they would argue with my identity, with, with, with my national and ethnic identity with me. I was like, I'm Korean American, but I'm a US citizen. I was adopted at four months. Uh, I, I don't speak any Korean. I speak four words of Korean and, and yeah. I'm fluent in English. I, yeah, like, I, I grew up there. Like, 
you don't understand like I'm American and you, you also don't understand that the most people that, that you see on the television from America and the people who have the money to travel to England from America are white. And so you associate Americans with being white and that's just, you're only seeing a fraction of, of America, you know, based on your experiences. And that's, you know, that's too bad, but you need to understand that there, the United States is a lot more diverse than the slice that you're seeing on television, you know, whether that's news reporters, whether that's celebrities and movies, um, you know, uh, and, and that's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a frustrating thing. Uh, and so when Dan talks about, well, like, England has long ways to go, like, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. <laughs> we get heavy in this podcast. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm just going to go on a race rant about every 15 minutes here. That's fine. That's, no, that's totally fine. All right. Um, I mean, can we, can we make it a little bit lighter? I mean, can we talk about how Delhi Ali is a fucking idiot? This actually kind of... Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like, it's a good transition into that, David. As long as you don't put a racial slur on that, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, Delhi Ali is, is not going to be playing in that first match on uh, Friday when they play um, against. I think are they playing Manchester United on Friday? Can't remember exactly. Friday, England. Tottenham plays Man U. All right. So yeah. So Delhi Ali won't be there. And um, Dan, can you tell us why Delhi Ali won't be there as our as a resident Arsenal fan. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I feel I feel a little attacked for having inter, inter, to introduce the segment. Uh, so Delhi Alley, uh, this is actually prior to England locking down. Uh, this was very very early in the the COVID sort of life cycle. Um, was in an airport and put up a. I think it was Snap. I'm reasonably confident it was a Snapchat story of uh, kind of a shot over his shoulder, the sort of fake selfie of uh, and older Asian man wearing a mask and he captioned it with uh, Corona ain't going to get me. Got to be quicker than this or something very, very close to that and sent it around and was rightfully brought up by the FA on racism charges. Um, so in addition to his one game ban, which I believe is the FA's lightest ever punishment for uh, racist behavior, although they've certainly ignored enough of it that at least you can, you know, you can say at least they did something with this one. Uh, he's also been fined and ordered to attend uh, racial sensitivity classes. Um, I got to say, I'm a little underwhelmed. Like, this is pretty clearly a racist statement, and the FA more or less ignored it, which it's not great. It's, you'd you'd kind of hope that they would actually take this one seriously. But, hey, at least they're doing something, right? Maybe. Yeah, they did suspend him for one match, yeah. so... There I don't hate I don't hate uh, Tottenham nearly as much as as Dan does, for for obvious reasons. And I think the sentence is really light. Uh, and I I think it's it's especially interesting considering the context of the uh, Sung Hyung Min red card and uh, uh, Antonio Rudiger, like oh yeah the Chelsea game. Right. So the the, the racial tensions, you know. The, you know, you had Tottenham fans saying racist things about Rudiger. You had, you had anti-Korean or anti-Asian things from Chelsea fans about Sung Hyung Min, like that whole mess. And then, you know, Deli Ali is 
one of Tottenham's most talented midfielders. You know, like it, it, Dan's laughing. It's just it's such a backhanded compliment considering how highly regarded he was about two years ago. You know, the future of the England squad, one of the brightest stars in England, and now the nicest thing anyone can say about him is he's one of Tottenham's better midfielders. <laughs> It reminds me of Jack Wilshire. That's all I'm laughing at. He has nice shoes. Oh. <laughs> Does he? He got robbed. Does he still have those shoes? Uh, yeah, that, that whole that whole thing happened. Uh, lots of shit happened. Uh, Quarantine's been busy for Deli Alley. We were not playing soccer. Yeah, uh, sex parties. Uh, you know, yeah, robbings. Um, so let's so let's uh, let's lay out the table real quick. Um, so the the, the most interesting. Oh, part. this is your favorite part, David. <laughs> yeah, my most favorite part, and then we'll talk about some. We'll talk about some specific, uh, some specific stuff. And um, Bill is a is agnostic when it comes to uh, to the EPL. Hate um, them all. Obviously, Dave. Obviously, I, myself, Dan, and, and MJ have our own uh, our own peccadillos when it comes to uh, EPL teams. Um, top of the table and going to win uh, their first title in thirty years. Um, Liverpool with eighty two points right now. Um, Manchester City sitting in second with 57 points. That's a 25. That's a 25 point gap, guys, between uh, first and second. 25 points. Um, Let's be honest. It's a 22 point gap because uh, City does have that game in hand against Arsenal. I mean, and they're they're not losing that. Hey Dan, just don't fuck it up. How about that? <laughs> we're we're gonna we're yeah. gonna. <laughs> no, I know. I yeah. So the uh, the gap between uh, first and second is. Uh, bigger than the gap between second and whatever the fuck Southampton is. So that's what, 11, 12th place, something like that. So Everton's in 12th. yeah. Um, Everton's in 12th. Yeah. So, so 14th. 14th place. So the gap between first and second is larger than the gap between second and 14th. I can't believe I'm helping make your argument. I know. Thank you, MJ. Uh, Man City sits in second place with 57 points with the caveat that they have that, uh, that uh, uh, court case happening right now. Um, Leicester City's in third with uh, 53 points. Chelsea in fourth with 48. Man U in fifth with 45. Uh, Wolverhampton and Sheffield are tied with 43 points. Uh, the Spurs are at 41. Arsenal, one point back at 40, but they have that game in hand, Dan. You can get a point there. Just got to win it. Just got to win gotta it. Just got to get those three points and we're back in the places. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, you know, firmly, um, you know, mid-table is, is very uh, – you know, kind of ensconced. Burnley at 39, Crystal Palace at 39, Everton uh, in that aforementioned 12th place at 37 points, uh, Newcastle United at 35, Southampton at 34, Brighton, Hove Albion, um, surprisingly at 29 points, West Ham, Watford, and Bournemouth all at 27 points, Aston Villa at 20, with 25 points, and North City with 21 points. So, um, where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with uh, uh, the Guard of Honor that uh, – Liverpool's going to have uh, after uh, Sunday, or do you want to start somewhere else? Everton. Yeah, let's start with me. So, uh, so Liverpool's going to beat Everton on Sunday, and then we're going to have a guard of honor. Yeah, uh, so the good news about this is that Premier League is allowing the game to happen where it's supposed to be at Goodison. Yeah. So it will be, it will be a home game for Everton and a away game for Liverpool. No fans, so – that changes the home field advantage a, a bit. Um, <laughs> the, MJ, when was the last time that Everton uh, beat Liverpool? Period. Uh, I am not 
I do not know, but I'm sure you do. Um, I know it's been like 21. No, it's been, I want to say the last time that Liverpool beat Everton, Everton beat Liverpool. Um, God, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. I, 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 I long for the, uh, I long for the, you know, Kenny Dalglish days and, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the days before they became super dominant, uh, um, you know, when both Everton and Liverpool were mediocre and Everton was finishing above Liverpool on the table, um, which is kind of when I got into, into Everton. So. Let's put it this way. Foot mob doesn't go back that far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a long time ago. Uh, I'm, my main concerns are uh, uh, their back line and that the, a lot of their contracts that are, are wrapping up this, uh, this season, uh, Luke Garbutt being one of them, uh, a lot of those type of contracts will distract from the rest of the Premier League. Because You're not concerned that you're only 10 points out of relegation? No, I'm not concerned about that. Because, okay. um, uh, I don't think we'll finish higher than Crystal Palace, but I think we, we, there's a good chance we finish higher than Burnley. Um, we're not going to catch up to Arsenal and Tottenham. Um, but, yeah, I'm not worried about Southampton, Newcastle, uh, Brighton Hove, like I'm not worried about them leapfrogging Everton, but so yeah, I'm not worried about that. But I am worried that that rather than focusing on playing football, that they'll they'll have some distractions, whether that an injury or contract negotiations or a combination of those things. They're they're really thin at the back four right now. Um, the answer is 2010 was the last time you beat Liverpool. And then the answer to the follow-up question is, when was the last time you beat Liverpool at, at Anfield? Was oh, that's a long time ago. 1999. Yeah. Wow. So that game could drink right now. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I'm good. I, you know, just have to. Enjoy it while you got it, David. Well, I can. Exactly. Exactly. Um, October 17th, 2010, a day that'll go down in infamy. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 MJ. So, you know who else was born June 15th, David? And this will be my only nod to your fucking club this entire podcast. Who? Mohammed Salah. Ah. Uh, Stevie G was born on May 30th. I was born on May 31st. Like, almost like... Jurgen Klopp's birthday is tomorrow if you want to fucking celebrate it. There we go. You probably celebrate Jurgen Klopp's birthday tomorrow harder than you celebrate my and Mohamed Salah's birthday today. And I'm okay with that. That's true. Um, But MJ, so legitimate question uh, on Everton, um, you know, Merseyside Derby aside, where do you guys think? So you you are only um, six points off of uh, a Europa League spot right now. We're um, not making Europa. We're not okay. making top ten. Uh, like I will, I will be happy if we stay in 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 twelfth. Could we make top ten? Yes. Um, I will be ecstatic if we make top ten. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, 
Dan, I'm sure MJ's confidence in Everton not doing very well bodes well for you. Um, what do you? What's going on with Arsenal? What do you think? How is it? How is the season going to go? Um, I'm optimistic. I'm, I am optimistic. Um, you know, this was such an up and down season, as you pointed out last week. Uh, we've drawn 13 games. Uh, looking over their schedule, some of those were horrible, horrible draws. Uh, 2-2 against Norwich City stands out. Uh, some of them were pretty damn good draws. We also drew 2-2 with Chelsea despite being down to 10 men. So it's really hard to say if the squad was trending super positively once Mikel Arteta came in, but they just needed time to adjust to the system, or whether this is a pretty mediocre squad. On, on talent, they should be a lot better than they are. Um, looking at the run-in, the thing that has me optimistic, uh, they have games against Norwich. Uh, they have a game against Aston Villa. They have a game against Liverpool. After Liverpool will have well and truly clinched the title. Um, and perhaps most importantly, they have a game against Tottenham. Um, it, it doesn't matter where it is. It happens to be at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is a terrible name for a stadium. They should have kept White Hart Lane. Um, but it doesn't matter, right? So that's uh, that's essentially a neutral site at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> so Arsenal, Arsenal has their destiny in their hands. Um, yeah. You know, if they're if they're gunning for, I I think the Champions League places are gone. I think that's out of touching range. But they have games against Wolves, Sheffield United, and Leicester, as in addition to Tottenham. So if they don't end up getting a Europa League spot. Yes, you'll be able to point at Unai Emery ran the team into the ground and maybe they didn't spend enough in the summer and this, that, and the other. But you'll yeah. also be able to point at the three or four games against the teams they really needed to beat and they didn't do it. So I'm optimistic. Honestly, I think, I think there's a chance they can do it. I think having Kieran Tierney back will help them a ton. Um, the fact that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's contract situation appears to be resolved. It looks like he's going to stay with the club, which is ultimately a really good thing. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. beneficial. But we'll see, right? Like, the thing about having your destiny in your control is you've got to do it. And that's basically where Arsenal is. They've just they fucking got to do it. Yeah. I mean, you guys got Man City on Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> but then you got Brighton, Southampton, Norwich. That should be nine points. Right there. Um, with, uh, with Sheffield United squeezed in there as well. Is that FA Cup? Oh, shit, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Brighton, Southampton, Norwich, uh, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, Liverpool. That's a, that is a, it's a fucking run. Um, again, you're right. Liverpool probably will be playing a bunch of kids at that point. Or they may be gunning for that, uh, you know, 103 points or whatever, 104 points or whatever they can possibly get. Uh, then you have Villa and Watford to end the season out. So um, the problem with Arsenal is that Arsenal tends to like play those teams like Aston Villa and Watford like three to three to two crazy crazy games where it's back and forth and you know they occasionally get pipped. So yeah, this team more than and, and this has been Arsenal's consistent problem, irrespective of manager, um, but they tend to play to the level of their opposition um in the reverse fixture against liverpool we drew 1-1 drew 1-1 with wolves uh earlier this year 
hell, they, they beat the crap out of Tottenham. They beat them 4-2. Turn around, drew Man United, who wasn't playing particularly well at the time. Um, hold on. When did you guys beat us? Oh, 5-1 was a... Uh... Oh, you know what that 1-1 was? That was a... Uh... Must have been a cup. No? Oh, no. Our, uh, we beat you guys 5-5 uh, five, five with the, in uh, in the FA Cup. Couldn't have been FA. must have been... No. Uh... It was... Uh... Carabao or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever's sponsoring it now, Carl Carlsberg. Football yeah. League Cup guys. Carl's Jr. Berkeley Honda. <laughs> Whoever. Rudy Luther. <laughs> <laughs> Denny Hecker got the sponsorship. How is that legal? That guy's still that guy's in jail. He's in jail, guys. He is not. He is not in jail. No, he's not. <laughs> um, so I mean, this is a club that that plays to the level of their opposition so frustratingly. I mean, it is it is equally possible in my mind that Arsenal outplay Leicester, take three points off that, draw with Tottenham, let's say draw with Liverpool. So they've got five points on the, on the bounce going into Aston Villa and they lose to Villa. That is entirely foreseeable in my mind. So I mean, it, it's like I said, like they can do it. They have the talent to do it. They have the schedule to ensure themselves fifth or sixth place. Just don't give up 85th minute goals to crap. Like, don't don't let Andy Carroll score. I don't even know who is he. Is he West Ham at this point? I, I've I lost track of Andy Carroll. West Ham. <laughs> so yeah, he's got the man bun power. It's true, and he has Arsenal's number along with any number of other strikers. Yeah, but uh, well, Arsenal Arsenal is at 40 points. They're on 20 28 games, so they have a game in hand. They're obviously playing that Man City game. Um, they're you know, only five points off of Man U in uh, fifth place, which, again, we have with the caveat, like, if City loses their appeal, fifth place gets a, a Champions League spot. Uh, only three points off of Wolves and Sheffield United in uh, sixth and seventh. Um, Dan, where do you think Arsenal ends up? I said last week that I think they, they might finish, like, ninth and win the FA Cup. I still think that's possible. Uh, okay. But assu- assuming that doesn't happen um, – I think seventh is realistic for this team. Um, it's a little bit pessimistic, but I just don't – I don't have a blessed clue how they're going to respond to the break. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say seventh. And winning the FA Cup or, or not? Uh, FA Cup independent. Okay. So if they finish seventh and don't win the FA Cup, they do not make uh, Europa League next year. Well, TBD. I guess unless – yeah, yeah, unless Man City. All right. Um, Bill, do you have any, any thoughts on any of this shit? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love to see a toss up in that, you know, top of the top of the table, obviously Liverpool's got it, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy Leicester's back up there. That was, that was huge a few years back, but, uh, you know, uh, having the wolves up there, I'd love to see them move up a little further. I'd love to see Sheffield move up a little further. I know it, it hits Dan to Kill have those Kill. move up further, but, um, you know, he understands why I want that to happen. Um, because you don't, you know, like I'd love, I'd love to, see, I'd love to see Chelsea and Manchester move down and they move up. So, uh, you know, that's always good for leagues. Um, it brings more money into different teams. 
Um, I wish that would happen uh, in the other leagues where it's just one team that sits on top of the table in all the other leagues. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's always good for sports. I, I believe it or not. Um, some of the American sports do it a little better than, uh, than, than soccer, international soccer does. Um, yeah. So. Nothing, nothing as dramatic as relegation though. So let's talk very quickly about relegation. Yeah. Um, Norwich City's uh, in, in 20th place with 21 points. Aston Villa's at 25 points. And then Bournemouth currently sits uh, in the final relegation spot uh, with 27 points with a negative 18 goal differential. We have Watford and West Ham United both at 27 points, um, only uh, not being relegated because of goal differential. Brighton Hove Albion is also at 29 points, so they are very much in that relegation zone. And then you have teams like Southampton and Newcastle who, you know, theoretically are there. They have 34 and 35 points. They probably aren't going down or probably not going to drop into that. So really, it's it's a it's a battle between um, you know three, four teams or five teams basically for two spots for relegation. Um, mm-hmm. Brighton, Hove Albion, West Ham United, Watford, Burnmouth, and, and Aston Villa. And there's a very you know distinct possibility Norwich City could get out of there. They are at 21 points though, so they are they have a, a big of a hill, a big a bigger hill to climb. Although I think they have a much easier run in than most teams. So. What uh, does anybody have any thoughts about who who goes down, who stays up, who who do they want to go down? I, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants West Ham United to go down. So, uh, yeah, I want West Ham to go down uh, out of the. So, Norwich, North City, and and Asta Villa are they're going to go down. Uh, and so then it's it's a race between you know all tied at 27 points right now. West Ham, Watford, and Burnmouth, and I think West Ham is going to be the third one goes down uh i would like to point out since this is the mj apology version of the podcast that uh i said with some confidence that that uh, norwich was gonna find a way to stay up this season and i am so dreadfully wrong on that so (laughs) but that was many months ago well and i I think so much depends on uh on health right i mean yeah one of the things that determined West Ham's season to date was the fact that Michael Antonio got hurt and missed quite a substantial amount of time, but he should be back if I recall correctly. I think he's recovered from that injury at this point. Um, so now that they've got a lead striker back, are, are they more or less likely to stay up? Um, you know, the, the interesting thing about relegation this year is you look at every team in the sort of shaky I didn't positions. Get that. Could you try again? Sorry. Come on, Dan. Uh, try again. <laughs> I got a, I have an affirmation watch that uh, tell, tells me when I'm making terrible. You look points. good. You sound good. Yeah, it's got a, it's got the voice of Al Franken um, as a pet. <laughs> and, and I want to touch your ass. <laughs> um, I, you know, there were points in my life when I needed that watch too, but mercifully now is not one of them. Um, you look at the teams that are really struggling, sort of down the relegation places, and all of them have good players it's not impossible to see how they stay up whether it's Timu Puki with Norwich Jack Grealish with Aston Villa uh, Callum Wilson with Bournemouth I mean these are good players there's just not enough talent around them to do it consistently and the interesting thing about this shortened season de facto shortened season and um, the sort of big unknowns of hey who, 
who took quarantine training seriously and who who kind of blew it off who isn't going to be in shape is the the gap between these teams yeah point wise it's six between Norwich and the the big cluster at 27 but the actual margins between those teams are so fine that it'll be fascinating to see who looks at the potential relegation risk and had it motivate them and who went, you know what, I'm not working out today. It doesn't matter. We're down to the championship again next year. Um, plus the other thing to watch in all of this is Jack Grealish is one of the top talents in English football. And if Aston Villa get relegated, I doubt he stays with them. So it'll be who gets the Jack Grealish tree stakes. Hmm. Yeah. Good points. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, uh, Norwich doesn't get relegated. I'm just looking at their wow. Southampton at home, Everton at home, Arsenal on the road. Arsenal plays down to their competition. I think maybe Norwich gets a point out of there. Brighton at home, Watford on the road. That's a relegation battle. West Ham at home, Chelsea on the road, Burnley at home. Again, Burnley is is near the bottom of that. And then Man City, the last day of the year, uh, on the road. Man, I could see Norwich, like, pipping it, pipping teams out. I think Villa goes down. Um, I think Watford goes down. And I think West Ham United is going down. So, that's hmm. – You think the right. cherries are staying up, huh? Uh, if only for Jeff Reuter. Yeah. You know, got to make sure Jeff Reuter stays happy. So, uh, so anything, else, anything else on uh, – uh, Little Andy Carroll update. He plays for Newcastle. <laughs> so he's really going full circle at this point. Yeah, and and Arsenal does not face Newcastle. They do not. Okay. Which is good because Newcastle actually looked good right before the break. They're probably the team they're, – they're one of the teams hurt most by the break, I think. I think they will struggle to regain that form. Yeah. All right. All right, let's jump to uh, the questions, and then uh, we'll talk about our what's, how we're surviving during the Rona. So – um, the plastics asked us, uh, how are y'all celebrating pride? Bill? Yeah. Pride? I, uh, my daughter and I have been, uh, we've been going to protest together. Um, my, my daughter is out. She's been, my daughter's been out, uh, since she was about fifth grade. And, uh, so I've been going with her and her friends, uh, to protests, uh, and uh, so just celebrating who she is, uh, who her friends are, and uh, and in the community. Cool. Um, yeah, trying to support the minute the nation's premier gay soccer bar, Blackheart of St. Paul, uh, just reopened uh, last weekend. So I was there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> For, at different times and different reasons. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, very excited about what, uh, I know Pride Razor is going to be a different thing this year for the soccer, the soccer supporters, but I know it's going to be happening. So just excited to see what that happens, like what we do there and uh, how we can, you know, help raise money for um, the LGBTQ community. So Dan, MJ, are you guys supporting, are you guys uh, celebrating Pride? I'm trying to just follow more uh, LGBTQ people on Twitter, since that's kind of Twitter's kind of uh, 
my my addiction is my crack. So I'm trying to listen to more voices and have more of those voices inputted into my life and uh, be willing to engage them and ask, and ask them questions and, and, and listen. So. And uh, I'm researching uh, issues within LGBTQ medicine um, in an effort to, um, as a lot of talk about diversity and poor health outcomes comes to healthcare, specifically related more to race, um, trying to make sure that issues that um, particularly trans people have within the healthcare system aren't getting missed. I think this is an opportunity where a lot of good change can happen, but we need to make sure that nobody gets left behind. Pretty, good, pretty big Supreme Court case today. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was huge. Um, all right. Hop Clouds asks, what will be the biggest surprise of the Premier League final games of the season? Um, and I'm going to go on and say on a limb that Norwich City beats Man City to stay up. And all three – or no, sorry. SML's going back down. Two of the three teams stay up uh, from uh, promoted teams last year. So I think Norwich City beating Man City is the is the craziest, biggest surprise of the final games. Do you guys have anything? I do. Uh, the biggest surprise will be that the season won't end because England opened up too soon and they will uh, have a huge <laughs> spike and they will, uh, they will shut it all back down, just like in America that we've opened up too soon. And as we're seeing, Florida is spiking right now, and I have a feeling we won't ever see this MLS tournament. As long as Liverpool gets to play two games and wins both of them, I don't give two shits. Yep. <laughs> Dan, Dan asterisk on that title. The biggest surprise to me would be if we see a streaker. Uh, that'd be just just a huge surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Stadium with no one. fans. I think, I think it was in La Liga, like the Getafe game. Maybe there was a, there was a streaker. Or it's like, how in the hell is there a streaker? How's someone running on the field? <laughs> An empty <laughs> stadium. You didn't see you didn't see him coming from three sections down. It's Messi's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to do this. That's um, all he I, has after tax evasion. <laughs> My biggest actual surprise, uh, I think, uh, you know what? I think uh, I'm going to say that the uh, the Champions League places go to Liverpool, City theoretically, but I do think they lose that case, uh, Leicester, Wolves, and uh, I think Chelsea barely gets in. But I think uh, I think Leicester and Wolves get automatically into the group stage for next year. And Chelsea gets it because Man City gets kicked out. Right, but the fourth place team has to do a play in. Not nope. Really? Nope. Not in Premier League. Yep. No, they, they always used to. Trust me as an Arsenal year. fan. No, that's a that's a new thing. Last year they had the top four teams in uh England, Germany, uh Italy, and mm. uh, Spain. All Sweet. the top four teams all go straight into the group stage. Shenanigans. Yep. I, I loved that match. The like yeah. random mid-August match against the best team from Gibraltar. So Liverpool yeah. <laughs> so in 2017, Liverpool did it. And they played a German team. I'm blanking on the team, and they almost lost. And that was that was the year they got to the fucking final and lost. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. I. Yeah, they almost like you know, they they lost the first leg and they had to like win the second leg by like two goals to make it into the to the knockout to the group stage and. Yeah, and they went to the fucking final. So, I think it might have been Hoffenheim that they played. Actually, anyways, MJ, I, anything you add? 
I'm going to go esoteric. Uh, right now, there are about eight teams tied with three red cards on the season. Um, I'm not going to list them all for the sake of time. Thank you. The, there are two teams tied for 63 yellow cards on the season. And those two teams are Arsenal and Tottenham. <laughs> and, and not just because I like Dan and hate Wes, but um, mainly just because of the shit show that, that is Tottenham Hotspur right now. I think Tottenham Hotspur surpass Arsenal for the most yellow cards on the season. Oh. All right. Let it be so. Uh, right. uh, some guy called a, at Offensive Loons asks, uh, proper temperature to bake things at. So I don't know if you guys saw this. He had a cockamamie tweet about baking temperatures. Well, first um, of all, you have to preheat. True. Yeah, he had no a cockamamie thing about baking temperatures. And uh, the, the, the logic was. I saw this motherfucker on Friday. We actually we had drinks together in person. It was weird. Um, just because it's like haven't had drinks with like a random, like a not my wife person in a long fucking time. So, uh, but yeah, anyways, he has some really. Um, esoteric thoughts about how you bake things. Is and, he still uh, a Dave you know, or is it just a completely different person? That's a Dave I know. Okay. When you when you cook something in an oven, is it baking no matter what? No. 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 Okay. Then I don't bake. <laughs> so because you could I, you could roast, you could braise. You so I'm out. Yeah. So there is basically like you just you have to cook you just cook it at like one temperature because that is the temperature that everything bakes at. But the problem is is like yeah. you, there you're there's different types of baking and because like pizzas are four twenty five. The, uh, just go to the a French place. onion soups from Trader Joe's are are four hundred. The yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not baking. You throw that under the broiler, basically. Anyways, what, we're not going to spend any time on this fucking <laughs> question. This is a stupid fucking question. Add offensive loot to where the fuck you are. Um, don't ever ask those questions again. Obviously, uh, knowing nothing about science, by the way. Yeah, yeah the te temperature differential absolutely matters. Yeah, that that was the thing. Is like people. So I'm a. I, I like to cook. I was a. I was a sous chef for a while, and so like everybody's like, oh, so like cooking is more like it's more like chemistry, and you're just doing all that, and and uh, or no, is it baking is more like chemistry, where it's like exact proportions of things and exact temperatures and all that and then cooking like it's more of like art or whatever i don't i don't i mean i think that is there's probably more truth to that than there is not true to that but it's also i i just i disagree you can't really fuck around with like most recipes it's got to know what your proportions are so uh all right christian fitchett asks he's so he's the question for bill so bill I know you had, were thinking about this question for a while. Which other Dave's I know contributor do you, did you miss the most, and why is the answer not Dave? So, <laughs> does it have to be? Does it have to be MJ or Dan? One of those two. I mean, <laughs> can it be Christian Fitchett who supplies us beer? I mean, the guy does bring us me because I don't supply beer. Because Christian actually gives us beer, you know? So why wouldn't I miss him the most? Yeah. Um, hey, don't boot the, the, the messenger or delivery boy either, though. Well, I can't pick David because I don't miss him. True. No. 
we see each other occasionally. Yeah. We, we right. And then finally, uh, the Cribs, fucking Andy asks, uh, mermaids, period. Do they give mer birth to live mer babies, or do they do the lay mer eggs kind of thing? That's the dumbest question I've ever read in my entire life. Why do we read his questions? I don't know. Good question. Don't answer that. Uh, Can we block him on Twitter? Yeah, but now I'm thinking about it. They, they, you can, you can, you can tweet at, uh, at, uh, at Schletz on Twitter, and you can uh, tell him your answer. Um, what are you guys doing to survive the Rona, uh, MJ? I just want to say before we leave this moment that Andy, Andy, shit on Schletz. Do you remember how we elevated you to earlier in in, in the podcast because you pointed out something good? which was a mistake I made and you like were after some journalistic integrity. And then you ask a bullshit question like this, you drop back down. You, you know, you've now lowered your stock to the point where it's shit on Schletz all over again. So that's true. Uh, I just, now you're back at the, the bottom of the podcast where you belong. Um, oh, I'm surviving the Rona. Holy uh, God. Going in on, going in on Schletz. <laughs> All right, MJ, tell us how you're surviving the Rona. So uh, I've been watching lots of Jeopardy because uh, I love that show. And yeah. uh, recently they had, uh, as part of one of their answers slash clues, um, there is an Ugly Jerry font. Um, UglyJerry.com. Jerry spelled G-E-R-R-Y, short for gerrymandering. So UglyJerry.com. Uh, it is a font composed of all gerrymandered districts uh, throughout the uh, United States. <laughs> um, uh, and it's just, you know, it's a, so from Jeopardy, I get this. It, it's a, it's a fun thing to look at. If you, if you're into that sort of thing, I, I feel like uh, gerrymandering and, and voter suppression are two of the biggest issues and it's, it's not election fraud. Uh, it's not uh, election mail and ballot fraud. Uh, gerrymandering and voter suppression are the two biggest issues uh, right now. So uh, check out the, the uglyjerry.com font. That's awesome. I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. So. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Dan, how about you? As I mentioned last week, I'm working through a Mass Effect playthrough. Beat Mass Effect 1 onto Mass Effect 2, which... Uh, it really has just driven home to me. That's really one of the best games of all time. Uh, and I, I, I regret having waited so long to replay it. Uh, beyond that, I'm an avid learned league player. So the season is starting to wrap up. Uh, I need a late season run to uh, actually do some damage in my league. Otherwise, I'm going to be, uh, be stuck in here again. Uh, much like uh, European soccer, learned league has uh, – I should probably explain what this is. It's an online trivia league. Uh, has pro realm. So uh, two seasons ago, I won my rundle and got promoted and immediately bounced back down because I got my ass handed to me last season. So I'm just trying to, uh, trying to even out a little bit and so we can build the squad and, and maybe make a future run here. Cool. Uh, Bill? Well, I'm going to shock you. Um, it's weed. And uh, I've been uh, smoking it and eating it and – you know, different ways of ingesting it. Um, my back surgery is doing 
amazing. And then I dislocated my shoulder, as I said early in the episode. So I'm doing more weed uh, because they gave me Oxycontin and they gave me uh, Percocet too. And I, and I won't do those. So, um, so take I just off your hand if you need them. If you need take take some, take weed. Um, weed's better for you. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then uh, I've been reading. My friend Kieran has been re- writing a, uh, a a pretty amazing uh, essay on uh, on on a, the history of uh, of the abolition of of police. And I've been I've been reading rough drafts of that, and it's been pretty incredible. Um, and he's a, he's a longtime activist. He's a union head, and he uh, he was one of the founders of the ARA, the racist, anti-racist um, action group that started here in the Twin Cities and then spread all over the world. And he's uh, a pretty amazing guy. He's a fellow Dark Cloud, and it's yeah. pretty. Pretty amazing document. I hope. Uh, I hope at some point it comes out and you guys get to read it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been. I'm trying to. Uh, so I've been doing the social media for the Neighbors United Funding Collaborative, and so um, and the inbox there. So I've been actually just. I'm a volunteer, but I've been basically like working more than I have in the last like six months. Um, just triaging shit and, and putting together stuff and doing social media campaigns and stuff like that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just trying to stay sane. My kid has started walking. He started walking about two weeks ago and now like all he wants to do is walk around everywhere. And so now I've just been, you know, spending most of my days chasing my kid around. So is you know not the worst thing in the world big fan of it so uh anyways all right um (laughs) you guys have anything else you want to you want to add to the podcast all right hearing hearing no nothing um so please rate and review us wherever you listen to this uh podcast uh Dave's I know or sorry dave's I know.com is where you can find us um we're gonna be doing I want to be doing some writing I'm trying to get these other dudes to do some writing as well. Um, Patreon.com, backslash Dave's I know, the Dave's I know dot substack.com, where I'm going to collect a bunch of the writing. We are at TDA, came out on Twitter. Uh, Bill's at Bill underscore McGuire. MJ's at MJ Matsui. Dan at TDA. I'm at Texas. We have been the Dave's you know. Try and work it out, because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. I ain't loving it all.